already knew existed, which is fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I really enjoyed um, the She-Hulk new logo. I think it it very much gives 90s, early 2000s, like legal drama, courtroom, comedy, action stuff. Ali McBeal. Ali McBeal, Boston Legal, NCIS. That's some good shows but, back in the day. Okay, like, we're living. Um, but, you know, all of that mixed in with uh, the MCU. So, it's like, I was really into that. I like it. Caliban, you know Caliban if you know the X Men. Ooh, okay. Well then, I will be um, Billy Kaplan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, how are you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing great. Um, you know, um, had a pretty busy week with work, but like, whatever. It just works. But outside of that, I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. How about you? It's cool. What's going on? You know, fall is here in the district. And so the weather is kind of... Actually, it hasn't been that cold. It's been, like, abnormally hot. So, whatever. I'm cool with it. I don't like the cold. I don't like the snow. I don't like the winter. I don't want any of it. That's the one thing global warming did right. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's been It's been, like, really, like, warm here, too. Normally, it's, like, supposed to be in, like, the 70s, but it's been, like, in the 80s. Oh, wait, yeah. I'm not complaining. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I see you got on you the know. top. It's like, what's up? Ow. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, no, normally on a nice, cool fall day, well, the thing you do is read your comics. And so let's go ahead and get into the books of the week. Uh, starting off with number one on our list, this is Hellions, number 17. This comes from Zeb Wells and Steven Segovia. And um, I, did, I didn't get this. So tell us, what happened? All right, so in this issue, um, we are picking up where we last left off from the last issue after um, Nanny's ship was exploded, and like she, they like they went after the baby and found out her being married and the right and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So in this issue, um, Orphan Maker pretty much went off to Arizona to go and go get this baby and try to rescue it and try to rescue Nanny. And um, obviously he's making things worse because he's shooting Mm -hmm. up some stuff. And Psylocke decides to go off and take him back. And of course, on the way, she runs to the team and they're all like, we're coming with you. And she's, of course, doing the whole like, no, I got to do this on my own. Like, we were never really a team. Um, And they're all like, no, we're coming with you. (laughs) And Empath even shows up. He's like, oh, great. Like, the team's back together. And she's like, Fuck off, you're not coming. <laughs> oh my god, she's yeah. nasty. Yeah, um, and then like the whole team goes. Then uh we get Orphan Maker is there, the team shows up, they try to stop him, and lo and behold, like the little mutant baby of I would I guess it is a mutant. It was like that AI from the last issue. It was it, like, like, like a, a smile or something like didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, like, was born now, and it started to speak, and it kept saying, like, Mew Mew, but it was going to say uh, mutant, <laughs> and it was going to say mutants, 
but it says mutant scum and it tries to kill uh nanny and actually succeeds <laughs> and uh, so the mutant baby ends up killing nanny and orphan maker ends up killing the baby <clears throat> and uh yeah he also ends up killing the director he just goes on this whole killing spree he killed the baby yeah, it was like an AI robot baby. Oh, okay. You find that out because the team ends up showing up a little bit too late to try to stop Orphan Maker, and he had already killed some humans that came up to where he was who were trying to stop him. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like he's getting ready to go into the pit. Oh, um, oh the pit does exist, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it like he's going down up in the pit. So... It was I like I like the issue. It was very real written, but I, I reading this issue, I learned that I wasn't sure if I how I feel yet about Conan because I still attribute all of her like cool girl moments with Betsy. So I don't really know like wish that she would have gotten like a new costume mm-hmm. or like and a new and a new code name or something to really kind of take her away from all of that because I still feel like I'm kind of attributing my interest in her with actually Betsy. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like I don't really know who she is yet. Only difference I feel like the difference between her and Betsy is she got a kid. Yeah. She does have a kid. Well, not anymore. Thanks, Emma. But, um... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can see that. So, I don't know. So. I don't know. Still been a, it's been a, It's been a fun little team. I don't know what they're ever going to do with Hellions, if this is going to be like an ongoing mm. X book, if they're going to re- reshuffle up this team or something like that with a whole new batch of characters I would or something. Like to see the concept return with like a new team or a new cast of characters. I think mm-hmm. especially when you think of Krakoa and like the mutants and everybody's there, I, I really do feel bad that this book is ending at 18 because I would have just kind of loved to see it like rebrand, be, be, oh, excuse me, revamp just with new mutants. It, because I think the overall theme of the story is that the program does seem to be working. Yeah. Yeah. It seems and that way. So if we could get like a Sienna Blaze and a Fantasia on the docket, like, I'd be mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. We'll out. see though. Well, well, it seems rate- like they got more books. So we hopefully have more books to announce. Um, I would rate this book a 3.5 out of 5. I enjoyed the art and still enjoy the story. Um, again, okay. it's just sometimes I, I don't know if I'm like actually liking Psylocke or if it's or what's happening well, there. We'll figure it out. Well, well <laughs> even with like out liking her, what about the rest of the team? I don't think I'm that in, attached to any of the characters as much as I just enjoy the story. Okay. That makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't I really it. need to follow any of them into something else because I attached to them. I think I just liked the Hellion story. Okay, so it's, okay, I, that makes sense. I get it. I get it. Okay, moving on. Eternals number seven. This comes from Karen Gillan and um, Isad Ribic, and you know, coming hot off the heels of the movie. Hopefully, everybody has watched it by now, and then hopefully, if you haven't been reading Eternals you are now reading because this is a hot title and we continue on here Druig continues his machinations to get Thanos to become the prime Eternal we see the two groups have kind of like uh branched off into different facets we have Cersei Kingo and Thena on one side and Fastos Icarus and Sprite on the other 
I still don't like Sprite. I honestly think the movie kind of made me <laughs> dislike, dislike Sprite a little more <laughs> than that did before. Um, so Why? Like, What's Sprite do? I'm just your kid. You know, and I think the thing is, I didn't realize how much of a kid she's supposed to like still look like. I guess because um, Ribic's art is kind of dynamic; it's very painted. Everyone still kind of has a bit of an older feel to them. They look a little bit more mature in the face, I would yeah. say. Um, and after watching the terms, it's like, oh no, like Sprite's a kid, kid. And mm-hmm. it's like, mm, now I'm reading 14. all your scenes differently. 15. And it's like, you know, I don't hit <laughs> the kids like that, but. Nonetheless, um, we see them doing that. We have some really interesting moments with uh, Athena's deviant lover, Daolo, and he's an artist, and he's making this giant sculpture of, like, him and Athena, and she's made of this adamantium alloy, but his is made of meat, which is a really nice symbolism of power. It was disgusting, but it was also... (laughs) (laughs) But it was also symbolism of, like, the eternal and the deviant, like, who is this kind of, like, meat sack that will, like eventually rot and die in this prime woman who will continue to live on in this like glorious form which i thought was really nice for their story it's a little kind of creepy now but whatever he's an artist love is his thing he's passionate i'm into it um love the stuff with cersei fastos i think continues to be really interesting he's kind of like deal with his guilt about pretty much bringing thanos back and all of that and then i think the biggest parts of this issue which are the most exciting are the actual eternal vote for the eternal prime and like seeing how they form the unimine and they all get together and just like the kind of battle that happens right in between that then we hit the end of the issue which is like the big shocker thanos is now Ooh. the name prime eternal druig earlier in Let's the talk issue about it. tells us about how he had kept a copy of how to kill thanos in his mind and he was using that under you know to kind of in his back pocket to get rid of thanos thanos kills him and it's like you think i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> loved it just like, thanos is, just like, is really definitely cool. like is is a character who I think is a great villain. Like Thanos just makes a great villain. And I'm glad that that he was able to be brought back around. You know, um he can become someone that you don't want to have to like always rely on, you know, to always just be the big bad. But I like the way that he's been kind of built up to be the big bad in this one because he's now a part of like the whole eternal like culture. I would say it's not even necessarily that he feels like a big bad anymore. He feels like it's very similar, I would say, to Apocalypse and the Krakoa era. Here yeah. we have a man who has always kind of just been played up as, like you said, the big bad. He comes in, he's the final boss. You gotta fight him. One big thing, we take him down. He has that little bit of a linear motive that just follows the strain. And now here we are. We've actually immersed him in this world full of his people, and so we're getting more into him and like what he can do, and now what he needs to bring because he's still not really himself. And that since he's missing parts of him, um, and he's gonna find it in these new things. And it's like it's 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 really interesting. This is the best thing. Yeah, I've I'm ever for sure. I'm really becoming like a fan of the Eternals and like the world that's really being built out there with them. Whereas like where I just sit with Hellions, I wouldn't follow those characters. Like I'm actually really interested in following like where these characters kind of go, um, how they're all gonna like. If they're going to be able to take down Thanos, I don't know. <laughs> if I'm, yeah. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I think he might become Prime Eternal for a while. Um, so I'm like really interested in this. I actually really liked Icarus in this and how he tried to come back and explain, like, you know, do the right thing with uh, mm-hmm. the Tony Robinson character who passed away. Um, but 
and kind of really showed how he's like the arrow, which I thought was a really yeah. cool thing. I like I like the different personalities that all the Eternals have. I would. Um, what would you rate this issue? I would rate this a four point five out of five, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Same here. Four point five. Lots of really interesting stuff. Um, I also am going to enjoy learning about more of the Eternals. That one that popped out, who was like the Eternal mob boss? Yeah. I was like, okay, who Jack, are you? Jack of Knives? Yes, Jack. <laughs> you know, I love a Jack. I knew. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Jack of Knives was like hitting. So I was like, oh, what's going on over there? I'm really getting excited to see that. But again, like, I think that's the big thing about the Eternals is that it, it's like so, like, we don't know anything about it. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's just all new and immersive. That one data page, which was basically going through Druid's plan to sway the vote in Thanos' favor so he would win. You know how many times I've read that thing over and over again? Mm-hmm. Just the hotness. Love this. Yeah. Thing. Love it. And next up, it's another book I love. This is Action Comics number 1036. And this comes from Philip Kennedy Johnson and Daniel St. Perry's on art. And we have finally reached the big, big arc of War World. Superman and the Authority have shown up to this place, and baby, it's nonstop action from the Ooh. moment we <laughs> drop down. Like, first of all, before I even get too much into the issue, we just have to talk about Daniel St. Perry's art. Like, talk wow. about an artist, okay? Like, every page felt like I was watching some big cinematic thing. This is this. I kept thinking to myself, like, this is a Superman movie. This is right. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, like this is what I need. Um, well, you know, mm-hmm. Superman and his authority team show up to War World. We see all of this, like, just destruction all over the place. War torn people are in these little pods with words carved into them dead. Um, they land, they run into this one man. He basically tells them, like, here are the Phalasians that you've been looking for. They are just sprawled up on pikes, leading straight to Mongol. And Superman goes there, and I—I I audibly, I'm not gonna lie, I audibly gasped when I turned the page for that. Gag. Like, gag. <laughs> gag. When when Superman showed up on the, uh, actually, first of all, at the beginning of this issue uh, with the Durlin, who was like writing his note and he was gonna become like oh, the president God. or whatever. I know about the Durlins from the um, Legion of Superheroes, Changeling or. Uh, for Chameleon Boy is uh, one is his Durlin. Like they're like okay. kind of like free, like they could change shape or whatever. And I find it so cool that like time is moving forward with them because he's talking about joining the United Planets. And the United Planets is always how like the Legion of Superheroes starts. And it's like the mm. so I think that's always I think that's a really cool tidbit. But he even gets like like visibly upset. out, visibly upset when he hears the word like Felotians or whatever. So like I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm really interested to know who these people are and like what the connection is. Like, why are they this big secret? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> uh, and, no, seeing them like sprawled out like that, like gang. Just when, again, but when Superman landed and was like, "Okay, I'm talking to this thing," and he was like, "Oh, this is the way to Mongol," and I turned that page and you see all these like the road of bodies. I was like, "This is what? <laughs> what is this?" That's what I'm saying, like, this is a movie. Yeah, um, but you know, Superman kind of breaks and he gives this big speech about the people of War World and how they think they're this and that, but it's like truly they are, have been in slavery and they need to kind of break out. And then this other dude comes out and gives his little rebuttal speech, and it's just everything. 
And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to say that like Superman. I've never been a Superman fan like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. Just I don't like Kryptonians. I've never been a fan of Superman. But I will always give credit where it's due. Superman is a kind of character that you just kind of like follow. <laughs> you just kind of like yeah. feel inspired by. Like, you know, if you were a superhero and you were out there with your powers or whatever out on the battlefield and Superman comes out and he gives this kind of speech, you know, about like these are the things you got to like break free your chains. You're going to feel like, you know what? I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> let, yeah. let me yeah. try to follow him. So like you really start to like feel that for Superman. This is nice to see compared to what I feel like it's been for a while, which is the injustice Superman, you know? Mm, very much so. Nobody bad evil Superman is like gone. Nobody wants to see yeah. him anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. But after this guy gives his rebuttal speech, we get the introduction of these, like, kind of generals of Mongols, and they come out of these portals, which, again, like, just a testament to Daniel St. Perry's art. It looks so good. It looks so intense. And you see these five just creatures. Um, They shoot Superman with something, which basically breaks the illusion that, um, what's the Manchester Black and Enchantress have been showing everyone that he has been doing all this stuff and he's still at full strength, which is not true. And Mongo shows up on this big giant dinosaur monster thing and he's like, you killed the old one. This is a new body. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ain't no miles on this new body. (laughs) (laughs) he said and now i'm gonna do you in and so the issue ends and it was just like i haven't read a better arc opening in a very long time like i've been talking about action comics forever and it's like again this whole this book has been building to this for a very long time if you follow kennedy uh philip kennedy johnson on twitter or anything like that he's been talking about it he's like this is the this is what it's coming down to and it really feels like it everything mm-hmm. is landing i'm very excited to find out what this is i'm excited to see the authority continue i want to know what's going to happen and again we kind of like are also worried a little bit because we know that john said there's a point where superman leaves and he doesn't come back and this is, seems to be that oh, time snap i forgot about that he said that oh he man says superman doesn't come back so it's like what's about to oh, happen? No, it's, looking bad. <laughs> it's, it's looking bad it's looking bad for clark it's looking real bad okay um, what would you rate this issue? Honestly, a five out of five. <laughs> I feel like it was, it was so good. It was like I, 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 me, I do not like <laughs> Superman. Walked away like rooting for Superman. I like, I'm like, I hope he gets up, but I don't think he's gonna get up. <laughs> I really I, don't. And I love um, art, intrigue, like the way it was all written. All of it was just perfect. I love how after they like shot him out and broke the illusion, uh, the girl was like, "Oh, we might need some more help." <laughs> we might. <laughs> She's like, "We might have made a mistake coming here." <laughs> right. <laughs> because if they take a Superman down, <laughs> what are we gonna do? Okay. That was a hot book. A hot, hot book. Um, sure, I would also, I also think I would give it a five out of five. Like. A perfect arc opening. I'm so excited to continue with this. Shout out to this team for making me root for Superman. Yeah. All right, and next up on our list is Black Manta number three, and this comes from writer Chuck Brown. With uh, We had guest art. It's usually Delandro, but it is Matthew Dow Smith, this issue, which I didn't... He has a really nice style that kind of matches Delandro, uh, compliments him very well, because I honestly did not notice that it was a different artist until I went back oh, okay. and checked. So shout out to them. I but always um, like when they kind of do that. That's kind of, that's so cool that you can, like, kind of... Yeah, like, 
you, you do that. Um, but this issue is like, it's just continuing a really good story for Black Manta. And I think this is now doing something that I think I've said it before. When Abner wrote uh, Black Manta during his Aquaman run, he really tried to set his motivations away from Arthur, like give him something to do, give him some other teams to control. This one does that because it's now integrating him farther into the greater DC universe. Uh, we start out their meeting with Gentleman Ghost. And he's basically telling him he wants him to use his powers to send him into the mind of his Atlantean ancestors. Um, because oh. Black Manta has Atlantean ancestors, which was like a really nice little thing to add to his character that hasn't been done before. And we do have Black Atlanteans, so it works. Um, and so it's funny because the ghost is like, no, I'm not going to do this. But Manta and her henchman he has, Gallus the uh, girl, she punches him. And she's like, so you're a ghost, but I can still hit you and you can still feel pain. And he's like, I can just phase the next time. And Black Manta uses a taser on him. And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, phase through this. And so they're just like beating him up. And they're like, do it. Because at first he was saying he couldn't do it. It was he wasn't powerful enough, but he does it. Um, He basically sees some of his ancestors in Atlantis a couple of days before it's sinking. And they are talking about how they're going to go back to Africa because that's where some of the earliest Atlantis weapon makers live. Um, But then, you know, whatever. We go back, there's that storm-looking girl who I told you about. She's uh, been rescued by Nubia, and they go to this place. She kind of sends her on the rest of her way. She's saying she's looking for um, the crystals and the stones that have been going around that Manta has because she's drawn to them. Which is a nice little moment, A, for Nubia to continue to see her in a book. And again, it's like I said, they're threading all of these things for Black Manta throughout all these other places in the DC, which is, again, cool to see. And then, like, low-key, it's just a lot of Black people in a comic book, which is dope. We love that. It's like, ooh. And it's a a story full of Black people and that doesn't revolve around Black pain. Which is like... Love that, too, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so um, on the other side of it, we have the character Devil Ray, who's kind of been the antagonist of this, and Black Manta's reminiscing on like the last time they fought, and oh, he Devil just, Ray. Yeah, that's his name. Did he's they a, make him a real character? Is he a character already? Yeah, they. Um, so Devil Ray was created first in the DC animated universe um, in the Justice League animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so here's a little like legal a tidbit for you comic book legal thing they couldn't they couldn't use um black manta at the time oh so they used so they used they used devil ray and they created they just created a character (laughs) it's the same it was the same character they just named them devil ray um so that's cool that they kind of like are bringing him into the comic because that's the thing he does talk about like black manta and he wears a suit that's similar to him so i'll get to that in a second so um you know, Black Manta and Gallus are talking about their interaction with Devil Ray, and she's like, you know, the way you treated that kid, he reminds you of Jackson. Like, is that why you did this and that for him? And Black Manta kind of snapped at her. He's like, you are my henchman, girl, not my therapist. Stay in your place and don't worry about what's going on over here. And she's just like, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but he, All right. he still kind of tells her that something that Devil Ray said was that he was taking the ocean back for his people. That's something Black Manta said when he first appeared and he said it to Aquaman, he was like, he was taking the ocean back for people, his people, specifically black people. That's why he called And like, it's a thing. He takes off his helmet. He's like, why do you think I call myself black Manta? Um, (laughs) And so 
Devil Ray like says that he's like he's wondering what that means and we've seen earlier that Devil Ray seems to have some type of connection or secret about Manta that he hasn't let on yet I kind of think he might be Manta's other son you like know, you know how they have kids you know they be having kids <laughs> okay Jackson's about yeah. to get a little surprise brother which again we've talked about All right. the surprise sibling trope really <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know how they love that. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but you know, on this flight, they run into the storm-looking chick. Um, I mean, I should really, re- I can't remember her name yet. Every time I look at it, she just looked like storm. Um, but she's, <laughs> she's using like some magic. She's shooting flames oh. and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is what the people want. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and she's fighting uh, Black Manta and them. She's saying, you know, the stone that they have. She's like, it's drawing me to you. What are you doing? But they kind of fight her back a little bit. And it flips over to a scene in Atlantis where the Atlantean court is meeting and they're discussing Devil Ray. And Merc is there, and he's kind of saying, like, oh, Devil Ray is probably just Black Manta doing what he always does. I don't think it should be a threat. I don't think we need to worry about it. They're saying, like, no, he threatened the land and the sea, whatever. And then he's saying, well, if you don't think he's a big deal, why did you even call the meeting? Merc's like, I didn't call it. The water gets toxic. Uh, Devil Ray pops up. And he's like, I am very much real. Don't worry. I'm not here to kill you guys. You're just, like, a test run because, obviously, he wants to go after Manta. And the issue ends. Mm. Fantastic book. Okay. I like that they've been really like building on is this Black Manta's first solo series? Yeah. Okay. I like that they've been like really building his own, like and that's what it feels like, and it's really good. And so uh fun fact, the cover to this issue says a prelude to the Aquaman. So something's going on in the awkward corner. I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know if we're about to have... I mean, I've been saying I think Jackson and uh, Arthur might kind of share the titles and just do different things, Um, but I don't know. There's part of me thinking that Manta might get tied into that, too. And I'm like, hmm. Like, is Manta going to be like an Aquaman? Are him and Arthur going to have to work together? Are we going to all have to go after Devil Ray? Like, what's going on here? Is Devil Ray going to become like... uh? Jackson. Aqua, Jackson's like enemy. Like, yes. It's mm. all coming together. <laughs> Look, okay. I would definitely rate this issue a four out of five. Um, again, I think the guest artist who comes okay. in, he uh really stands up against the Landro. Like I didn't even notice. The story's just like super intriguing. It the characters, the work, uh the, the scene with the ghost in the beginning, I actually like did laugh out loud. So mm. I thought that was great. Pick it up, everyone pick it up the aquaman going is hot right now magic and street that's where it be um and our final book on the list is I, i'll give you the i'll give you the street the street be given sometimes <laughs> okay our final book on the list is excalibur number 25 <laughs> and that comes from teeny howard and marcus toe and um this book's almost over how was it oh okay one Next more week, one more, more. Ne- one more okay um so the issue starts, so at the end of the last issue, Betsy was kind of leading the Excalibur charge against the forces of King Arthur for the Citadel. And so here we start out, it seems like they've gotten away from the battle, but we have a uh, sit-down dinner with her and Tom Lennox from Strike. And this is like the first time that we've seen them interact since they've been back and we found out the mutants and all that stuff. And so they're just talking, and she seems a little distracted because Quan was there with Greyco. And she's like saying, you know, seeing Tom... Why is she there? Right. <laughs> it's just like, girl, get out of here. <laughs> um, 
but you know she's Betsy talks about how seeing Tom and seeing Quan and just reminds her of like how much she's changed and all the things that she's done and like how she is the person she is now. Tom is basically telling her the strike team wants to go back to London and they're going to figure it out away. Betsy's like, I'll save that for my commentary in a second. But um, Betsy's like, no, you got to be mutants on here on Krakoa to do whatever you got to do. The Britain that you're trying to get back into and the Britain that I fight for aren't the same one. So it's like, I'm not going to help you. I got to go back to other world. Anyway, she goes back and then we just kind of start getting the battle between Merlin's forces, King Arthur and Excalibur, um, which is really nice. Be, be the Blood Moon is on the team and I really like seeing her on there. I, I said oh, whatever happens okay, to that's cool. future. Yeah, I want her to stick around. Like Shatterstar is there with them, Richter, Jubilee, Gambit, Brian, and Megan. Um they go fight. Merlin casts this spell, which brings a block of or like they put them in a sphere of anti magic around the Citadel. So all the Captain Britons like can't armor up. Um, and he's in the Citadel looking for Betsy, and so she comes out, she's got on like her little like black sports shorts and a black bra not her captain britain gear and he's and he's like all right i'm about to take you down and she's like boy you're stupid <laughs> and she's just kind of <laughs> she's like you know you forgot why you fear my kind she's like you're just a man i'm a mutant she's like i never needed the captain britain powers or the magic of the citadel to defeat you and then she starts using her mutant powers oh Look she at that. Starts, that's new. I know that's right. She gives him a little swing. And the biggest thing of all, she uses the butterfly effect. Oh, I know. I know the stands are happy now. I know the stands are happy. Oh, there was a celebration in the street. <laughs> taking I to know the that's right. Streets with happiness she got her butterfly now. back. <laughs> so she used her butterfly. She uh, does all this stuff to Merlin's mind, telling him she's like, you know, you hate us because uh, I mean, not Merlin, King Arthur's mind. She's telling him you hate us because of Merlin and all this other stuff. But you have a son. You don't need to fear us. You can change your ways. Um, we see like again another big butterfly effect on her. Um, doing this while Excalibur's fighting. He's left right, on the ground, knocked out. Doing something. Okay. And she walks out. She's like, you know, you have, you were right to fear like mutants, my kind. She's like, we're not uh, falling to tyrants like you guys anymore. We know what we're doing. We are a nation. They find Saturnine. They get out of Dodge. They go back to Avalon. Betsy's basically leaving the Citadel, and they go back to Avalon because she's like, Avalon is where the mutants live. Again, all she cares about. <laughs> Again, all she cares about is the mutants. Are, all right. So she's like, she's like, Avalon is where the mutants are. Avalon is how they get to Krakoa, and us. She's like, we're not letting that happen. So she has a uh, Jubilee's little dragon son carve this giant path of reality altering stuff in the path, and Jamie's like keeping it together. But then Merlin does something else, and Betsy and Saturnine fall into a pit, end up on in the Sea of Secrets in this boat, and Saturnine's like, okay, good, you're awake now. I guess I can finally tell you how I got the Citadel for Merlin. This will help you defeat him in the issue of this. Mm. Um, okay. Seems action-packed. It seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, sounds like it. It sounds like at least yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it is a lot. It is. It's. it's Betsy it's finally like, has to use her powers. Betsy she hasn't done that in hours. Child, two years, two and a half now two. almost. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, uh, no, it was a it was a fun issue. I think uh, there's again with Excalibur, there's always going to be a little bit of messiness in there, but 
the book is ending next month, so I'm just kind of giving something some leeway and just letting it fly. Uh, it was a really nice moment for Betsy. Again, it still kind of feels like it's slightly unearned. She talks about, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand where it comes from. There is there is a huge disconnect in Captain Britain Betsy and, like, the Betsy that doesn't have on the Captain Britain armor, and that feels very intentional. Like, when she is Captain Britain, she's this peacekeeper. She's this defender. She's trying to do stuff, like, by a court and, like, officially. And whenever she's not in that mode, she goes back to being that girl who we know her as, who was, like, Miss yeah. Little, like, kick-ass. <laughs> and we've mm-hmm. seen it a couple times before. But the first time we really saw it was um, during her little cross-time caper arc. And she was in the body of the queen. And she was working with the alternate reality quantum. And she's talking about, yeah, I used to be a spy. And I know this. And I can fight. And I can do all this stuff. It's like... All that feels very intentional. However, I don't know if it just doesn't happen frequently enough or the times that it has happened, it just hasn't really been hammered in enough that the that mm. this this is supposed to be this way, you know? That like when she is Captain Britain, she acts a little bit differently than when she's like not. And then it's also because, well, I feel like a lot of people like the Betsy that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> I'm you sorry, that I prefer she when she's, yeah. you know, kicking ass. Little Miss Kick Ass. So it's like, it's cool. And it's, if this Captain Britain era, is, so that's the other thing I was going to say. I was gonna, if this Captain Britain era continues, it really feels that she has to change her name. Because when you think about what Captain Britain was supposed to be when this arc first started, she was Britain's official liaison to Otherworld and like defending Britain from all the stuff that's going on. However, she does not care about anything that's happening over there. And so <laughs> all she's been worried about is the other world aspect of it and then making sure the mutants are all right. And now you got to this point where Britain has cut off his trade agreement with uh, Krakoa, so they're not getting the mutant drugs anymore. And then the mutants aren't really even allowed in Krakoa, I mean, excuse me, in London anymore. They like burn down their gate, so they're, I guess, whatever. So she doesn't even go there. So if all she cares about is Avalon and Krakoa, is she really Captain Britain? No. <laughs> it's like if the whole if the whole tie of being Captain Britain was that you were the like and I get it again, all mad the magic of Nexus is like in Britain and like all that stuff with Otherworld and all of that. But again, she don't go there and she don't care about it. So her having that name feels a little disingenuous. And then that's what I was going to say. The other thing, when magic, I mean, excuse me, when Merlin casts his anti-magic spell around the Citadel, they lose their Captain Britain powers. So it's something going to happen where she not only doesn't need to defend Britain anymore, but since she's made the call to have Avalon and Krakoa blocked off from the rest of Otherworld, or at least the Citadel, does she no longer have to be the defender of the Citadel? Which were like the two big responsibilities of Captain Britain. So it's like, now we go from here and like... She don't got to defend the Citadel. She don't got to go to Britain. All the things that Captain Britain had to do. And so it's like, are we finally going to get a merging of those two identities of being in this courtly way and like still being Miss Kickass? Or does she go back to being a little bit more Miss Kickass just with the new name? Mm. I um, hope it's I hope it's I hope it's the latter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's time for her to get a new name. And while I, while I have heard the, you know, the criticism of having her change too many names, since she won't have, she will, that would become like a pun, you know, 
don't want that same thing to happen for her. Um, like it kind of happened with Spectrum for a while. But once I think you land on a name like Spectrum did and stick with it, that really just like captures more of the essence of the character and less of like the title of what they're going to be for the moment, then they can keep doing it. It's different for oh. like it's different for like Carol, who was like she was like already kind of gonna be Captain Marvel because she that's where she got her powers from. She was already associated with him. Yeah. Whereas like Betsy is as Captain Britain always seemed like something she aspired to be. It wasn't something she was like kind of written that she was eventually gonna be. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And so, and then I think about it, you know, with the Captain Britain title, it's kind of a legacy thing. You, her brothers had it. Uh, there was that other girl, Lionheart, however long mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that she doesn't necessarily have to keep. And I think about a lot of the characters who have had these title changes over the years, uh, Falcon into Captain America, uh, Jane into Thor, some other stuff. It usually lasts about like two to three years. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to being falcon or they change over to valkyrie and so i look at betsy and it's like i was i'm very much of the mind i do not want her to use the name psylocke again like oh ninja girl can have it truly mm-hmm. um can she but, be excalibur like as a name mm-hmm. i don't like that i'm not gonna <laughs> to i just don't like it um no? plus i think that one character phaser hussein who popped up oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 i think she uses it but it's fine she can keep that too um <laughs> But you know, uh, it, like if Bessie doesn't doesn't be Salah again, okay, cool, that's fine. The name I always wanted for her was Monarch, but right. Jamie got right. that. Yeah, and that was just the perfect name. They really, that was a, that was a deep cut. So it's like mm-hmm. the name that she gets next, if she gets a new name, just it would it would be interesting to see where we. Yeah, are. yeah. Again, I hope it's something that just is tied more to her then. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we've got one issue left. Next what month. Would you rate, what would you rate this one? I'll rate it three out of five. I think okay. it has the. I, I think it has the normal Excalibur messiness, but I think um, the moment for Betsy was fine. I also realized that I really like Strike. The idea of it, like the psychic, mm-hmm. Wetworks organization spy group. Um, I would like to see something else going on with them. However, I did realize with this issue, I don't want those characters. <laughs> Do you not like them or something? Um, Are they not good? I just I like Tom Lennox. Obviously, that's Betsy's boy. Um, he's fine. The other three are fine as well. But I just feel like I don't need another team of like nothing but white people. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Yes. It's just like and and it's just kind of like okay. That's cool. And like when Betsy was having her moment with them with Tom and like they all came over and sat with her, I was like, look at all these white people. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I was, like, I was like, we got all these mutants and all these things. And it's like, you know, it, it, it just it, it does matter a little bit sometimes. That mm-hmm. So I still would like to see Strike continue some way, but I just want it to be expanded. And then also it gets kind of hard to care about characters who you haven't seen in, I don't know. However many years it's been yeah. since they all like died, you know what I'm and saying. That's why you could just get a whole new team. At that yeah, point. since again, it's since the 70s. It's just like okay, why why would I care about Vicky Gumbelson? That's not her last name, but like Vicky <laughs> Gumbelson doing whatever when freaking Iceman isn't on the team right now. Right. It's, there's a hierarchy. I'm sorry, but 
3.5, nice issue. I'm excited to see where it ends. I'm excited to see what happens after the book. Um, Teeny did get announced to be writing, like, a new little secret X-Men series. Oh, it's a one-shot, excuse me. So, I don't know. She's also going to be writing Catwoman. Mm-hmm. So, whatever Excalibur turns into, I don't, I'm not 100% sure if she'll be still writing this. Or if we're going to have somebody new on the docket. I think it will be finding out soon, for sure. Cross my fingers. But those are the comics of the week. Let's go ahead and take a little break, and then we'll come back. Let's do it. Welcome back, everyone, for our panel of the week. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about Disney Plus Day. A fantastic yeah. day. Yeah, I know you loved it. <laughs> I had a great fantastic day. Um, before we like get into like all of the stuff that I love, I know that they were announcing a lot of things at Disney Plus Day. Um, obviously you're a big Star Wars fan, and I hear some things happened over there. Do you want to? Yes. So they let the um, people they know. did. So they did announce, um, you know, more dates than anything else. I will say that, like, as far on the on the Star Wars side, they were a little light on the like actual trailers, <laughs> you know, and actual like footage and stuff shown. I was excited for Kenobi. Um, he's one of my favorite uh, Jedi within the Star Wars universe, and he's getting his own show. And they're actually bringing back Hayden Christensen to be Darth Vader in it, so they're gonna have a whole nother matchup, which I think is gonna be really dope to see. But like, all they showed was just like some concept art. And um, <laughs> and Ewan McGregor being like, I'm excited to come back. And it's like, we know, girl, you can pay. So <laughs> okay. um, they were a little light on the on the reveals there for me. Okay. Well, you know, that's really interesting that you say that because I felt that way about some when we finally got to the MCU panel and about all mm. of this they were talking about there. Yes, we got a lot of new title cards for a lot of new projects. For, excuse me, not a lot of new projects, but for a lot of projects that we already knew existed, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I really, right. <laughs> I really enjoyed um, the She-Hulk new logo. I think it, it very much gives 90s, early 2000s, like legal drama, courtroom, comedy, action, yeah, stuff Ali like McBeal. Ali McBeal, Boston Legal, NCIS. Some good shows back in the day. Okay, like we we were living. Um, but you know, all of that mixed in with uh the MCU. So it's like I was really into that. I like the new Moon Knight one, uh, and like blue, and then it's got a little texture on the night version of it. The O's look more like the moon's like crescents in there. So that was fine. But in terms of everything else, like you said, it felt very light. It gave a little bit DC fandom. A little bit, yeah. Which was like, what the hell y'all been doing? <laughs> you know? And I thought most of the stuff that they were going to be, that they announced this past, at this past Disney Day, was, were like things that have already been done. You know what I mean? Like, I thought most of this stuff was already, like, in the can already, that they could mm-hmm. show a little bit of anything. But it seemed as if everything wasn't done yet. But I mean, like, which is fair, we are still living in a pandemic. I understand that. But... Yeah. Um, I mean, so far out here in LA, it seems like a lot of filming and stuff had already like kind of resumed, especially if they were doing stuff, excuse me, on location. So like, yeah. what's up? 
What happened? <laughs> What's going on? Is everything. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I will say that I did enjoy the reveal of the Echo title card and like the confirmation that her show has been had is going to happen. I know that's kind of been just like in the articles and saying it, but like this is Marvel's first real time saying that that's going on. Like shout out to Echo. She is about to have a moment. She's popping yeah. up at Hawkeye, which comes out what, next week. Uh, two weeks somewhere, I two think. Weeks. And oh, if they just had another clip, like a uh, trailer mm-hmm. of Hawkeye, and she was in it beating ass. So, um, <laughs> here. It's, it was great. The, yeah. the streets are living. You they know, give. I feel like I've said it before, but the street level heroes is just where it's at. I'm sorry. You know, I've, I've said this on the show before that, like, the MCU isn't really building towards like a a primary like a, a villain that everybody's gonna at the end. It's not building as this Thanos. It really feels as though they're building out all these corners and like every corner has their own kind of like problem that they're all kind of dealing with. You know, the street level people are dealing with like uh, Valentina and like all that stuff, and then you have the Eternals doing whatever they're doing out in space. So, um, and you know, I will say when I dip my toe down up into the streets. It gives, so. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot right now. And I think the biggest two things for that that make it so hot are the two things that I am personally very excited for. And that's Moon Knight and She-Hulk. And, yeah, you know, we great. got first looks at both of those shows, which were just... I mean, first of all, the talent that's in it. Oscar Isaac is an amazing actor, so I have no doubt in my mind that he is going to kill it. Uh, There was this one little moment in the trailer where he kind of opens his eyes and he's surrounded by a bunch of goons, and I really feel like they're going to play that into his DID aspect. I don't know if you remember during the Moon Knight run, uh, I talked about this a little bit on my character panel, episode 28, if you want to go back and listen. Um, And Vemis did a thing where he had Mark kind of channeling the different personalities for different reasons. And so his Jake Lockley persona was a little bit more aggressive and he was a bit of a better fighter. So he would kind of bring that out then. So I think they're going to do something like that with him, which I'm very excited to see him do. I did notice in the trailer, he speaks with an accent and I don't know. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I don't know where that came from because Mark is definitely from Chicago. So. Oh, here's a. He is the son of a rabbi from Chicago, and um, that was given, like, London town. So I don't know if he's going to give the different personalities an accent or oh, what, that, if that's probably, something he he's have, doing. Yeah. But then even so, that still feels kind of weird, because it's like the two personalities he had, they were also very much from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever, so that was great. Um, we also got a little I bit... That was cool in that trailer, though, when he... Um... At one point, where he looked in the mirror and like walked away, and then his reflection was still staring at him. Yeah. So I thought that was like, all right, they're really gonna had, go there. And cool. He had the white gloves up to the glass and the window, so you know you're gonna see the Mister Night suit, which is like I cannot wait to see that. But then there also was that uh, scene of him like kind of beating up on somebody. You saw the cape, so you know he's gonna wear the classic too. Woo! It's a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And the, time. the leap across the the rooftop with the moon with in the, the moon background. In the background. Yeah. Yes. It was everything. Yeah. It was everything. It was going to be a moment. Like, and I, feel that got like, I feel like, you know, people have really been missing or, like, really uh, kind of criticizing the MCU as far as, like, their tone and stuff and really kind of comparing it to, like, those Netflix shows, especially some of the, the Disney Plus shows. Like, they miss, like, that kind of tone of those shows. But this looks like it's going to give you dark exactly what you will want from a Moon Knight series. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And it's just and like... You got yeah. Oscar Isaac in it. Who can act? 
He can Paul act. Dameron himself from Star Wars. Boom. Like <laughs> you know, he getting his I, Disney I, checks. I'm not even mad at that. <laughs> I would do the same. You find somebody okay. who likes you, you like like you keep on. Okay, <laughs> you pay me, I'll do it. Um, and then on the other side of that, we also got our first look into some bits of She-Hulk. Which, again, that is a show that is going to be a completely different tone from Moon Knight, but it also still looks super interesting. We saw little bits of uh, Tatiana Maslany and and Green and the She-Hulk form, which was, like, really cool to see. We saw a little leg pop out the dress slit, and we saw the arms. I was nervous. I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. Because because I wasn't sure how the CGI for She-Hulk was going to look Mm -hmm. for her, you know, because she isn't, like, Bruce where she just looks like a big, like a bigger version of himself. He's like a big monster. She herself is just green. And obviously yeah. she gets like bigger or whatever. Um, so I was like, oh, I don't know how they're going to do this. But like, all right. It, was <laughs> it looked like they spent I, the money. I won't lie. I did see a couple of complaints from folks saying that she didn't look um, as buff as they would have liked her to be. Because, you know, She-Hulk is very muscular. I will say, yeah. though, there is a storyline with She-Hulk where she goes on this like intergalactic planet and she fights this guy and he beats her up. And then she kind of realizes that the stronger she is in her Jennifer Walters form, the stronger she is as She-Hulk. So she are, she like starts working out and like lifting weights yeah. and doing all of these things. So that way when she turns to She-Hulk, she actually becomes physically stronger in that form as well. Um, and so I'm, I don't mind her looking the way she does if you think it's too skinny because I feel like that could be something they play into the storyline. That could be just me projecting, but mm-hmm. I think that could be something they try and play with, which would be very interesting to do. Uh, but yes, very pleased with that also. Cannot wait for that. Again, I really love the new logo for it. I think it really encapsulates what that show is going to be about. I think both of these mm-hmm. shows have fantastic actors, so I don't have any worries there. Um, oh, we also saw, I saw someone do the side by side of 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 She Hulk and the original Hulk series, where mm. um where Hulk was having a Bruce Banner Hulk, I forget his name, I think it was Lou Ferrigno in his series. He was having a conversation with someone who was like, "Oh, you don't like me when I'm angry," and oh, um man. someone kind of spliced it together with the She Hulk uh trailer or like the little teaser and it shows her like breaking the fourth wall which i think it's cool that they looks like they're gonna do with her and um it had um homeboy who was is bruce now i can't think of his name um mark ruffalo mark ruffalo he was like in dressed as bruce and he almost had the identical kind of costume as the original one yeah which was really cool to see so i think that like they're referencing some really cool stuff she's breaking the fourth wall like her comic so i think that's that's cool it's high. It's a good time. It's yeah. a good time. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to have to do a She-Hulk panel also so we can get more into that, which I'm, like, very excited. I love, mm-hmm. love, love. You know, everybody knows I talk about Betsy. That's my girl on here. Um, if I had to pick another girl, it's definitely Shelby. Like, Jennifer Waltz is yeah. it. That's my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I'm super hyped for that. And, and then we also got the Miss Marvel teaser and some look at some stuff that she had going on in hers. Um, did you notice that it looked like she was going through the little energy i wasn't sure what that was actually when she like when it showed her like going through whatever i wasn't sure if it was going through her or if she was like hallucinating something it looked very similar to um monica Monica went through during wandavision yeah yeah when she was going Mm -hmm. through her little hex bolt so um yeah i saw that too i was like oh i wonder what that's about which Wanda. Didn't like her powers. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. 
Ooh. Was not a fan. They showed a little clip of her at the be- at the end of the teaser. And like if you watch, if you look closer, she's like running mm-hmm, like through the mm-hmm. sky. I wasn't a fan of that. I was like, why couldn't they just give her 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 stretching yeah. and beginning powers? I mean, we'll see. She's a kid. You know how I feel about kids. <laughs> Fair. They're, They're there. So. I did appreciate the fact that they are going to not shy away from what makes Kamala interesting and how her, her story kind of starts off with her idolizing this white woman. Yeah. And, you know, it has her talking about how, like, you know, it's not like the it's not normally the brown girls from Jersey City who save the day. And she's like idolizing this this white woman. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they are going to talk about like some stuff there. So I appreciate that. I feel like yeah. the things around Kamala and the Kamala part I'm probably going to like of the show. It's probably just going to annoy me that they changed her powers. Her powers, yeah. The, the power thing is still such a weird decision for me, and I don't I don't think I'll ever understand it, especially when you just marketed out the Avengers game, and Kamala right. is a very big part of that, and she has the stretchy powers. She's the main character. <laughs> it's just kind of, it is weird. I don't know, but we'll see how it turns out. Maybe, again, maybe there's some type of red herring, and by the end of it, she's stretching again. Could be. We'll see. And then and it'll just be egg on our face, but whatever. <laughs> right. Another big thing that happened this week, obviously, uh, with Marvel's new title cards, they announced a few new shows. One of them, some of them being animated. We know that we're going to get a new Spider-Man cartoon, which is focusing once again on Peter Parker and school. And then that pissed me off. Let me say this real quick. <laughs> I actually am a um, a Spider-Man fan. Like you know, more I would call myself like a Spider-Man casual fan. You know, okay. like he's there, he's cool. He's there, he's cool. I'm with it. It's t- I don't know why they won't let him grow up. And, like, I think it's weird because there are certain things that I feel like that happens within the comic books and these superhero characters that, like, they are obviously responding to for fans or something. Or it's like the fans want something, but that probably wouldn't be best for the character. Yeah. Even fans want his ass to grow up <laughs> now. Like... Most fans are like he should he shouldn't always be taken back to high school. And when they have this show called Freshman Year, you would think that it would be him like his freshman year of college, at least by now. Like, but no, it sounds like it's going to be him in the high school. Which, if they're gonna do that, it should be Miles. I was about to say I personally would have preferred it to be Miles. I actually think I tweeted that I was like, oh, I hope this is Miles. And then somebody came back. It was like, no. If you read the article, it says it's Peter Parker. I was like, oh, all right, calm down. The Spider-Man okay. fans. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I would have preferred it to be Miles because again, Miles is the current one that's in high school. He just had into the Spider Verse. He's a very popular character. Yes, the PlayStation game, like. But I guess he's also still kind of a Sony thing. So, but no, because oh, Peter Parker is too. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't get too much into the legal logistics. I leave that to you. But <laughs> um, they, I mean, they probably had some kind of deal where they can use. I know they have animated. I think they could always make an animated show for him, which really? is live action stuff. They don't have okay. the rights. Yeah. Well, again, I would have preferred to see that. Um, we're gonna get like a little baby group cartoon. They're gonna keep moving that money train. And the biggest thing that I, well, I don't know if it's the biggest thing, but I know a lot of people resonated with is that we're getting continuation of the original X Men animated series from the '90s. X Men '97 is coming. Mm. You don't sound <laughs> excited. Why would I be? 
<laughs> you know why would I be? You're not excited for the continuation to, of X Men: The Animated Series. To go back to 1997? <laughs> no. You're not thinking about no. that that theme song. Iconic, legendary. Do you think they're going to use the same one? Oh, absolutely. They use not the same damn characters again. Of course, they're going to bring it back. Um, is it? Is it because I am I am happy for those who are happy that they are getting more X Men content. I will say that, like obviously, I don't think this is for me at all. And like I'm, but I'm happy for those who are excited for this because like everybody, know, like it's iconic, it's an iconic show. People like it, so like great, give it some some more. You don't feel like the stories will be different enough, or do you just not want to see those characters, like the, for the cartoon? What do you mean? Like, different enough, like, than the comic or something? I guess so. You know, I think about the original X-Men animated cartoon. And, like, it has not aged well for anyone who's actually gone back and watched it. Um, you don't mm-hmm. think a continuation of those stories with, you know, updated animation, like, kind of voice actors, like, seeing those same heroes do new adventures is exciting? Or is it because it just, you just want something completely different from your X-Men cartoon? Oh, I... I think that, like, seeing those characters again just do, like, an updated animation, it'll probably be exciting in the nerd in me. I'm always going to support animation and, like, seeing the X-Men do stuff. Yeah. Um, But, like, that's where the excitement would end. Just me seeing, like... But I could see clips of people doing that. I don't need a whole series of, the, of us going back to 1997 again and, you know, going back to the mansion and Jim Lee constantly. The iconic Jim Lee costume. <laughs> like, never come on. Well, I mean, there, there's been that um, like Poor fan Rogue. art. Poor Rogue. She's never leaving that costume now. She's actually not. She's actually not. And neither is uh, that other ninja lady now. She's stuck in it for us. <laughs> yeah. She never went out. Poor her. Uh, but no, uh, you did. I saw some. I don't know if it was fan art. There's been some art floating around for the last few years or so that they've been saying are going to be updated costumes for this car uh, for this cartoon, or it's supposed to be like the preliminary art for them, mm-hmm. and very much Jim Lee inspired. So, mm-hmm. so I like they that, so if if you watch if you watch the on Disney Plus the I think it was the Marvel Studios mm-hmm. like their little 2021 update for Disney Plus day. Is when they announced this show, and if you look at the X Men '97 logo, you see the updated art for all of the characters. You know, Jean got her hair down; she's not in that ponytail. Um, so like the art for them, but everybody's still in the same design, and it's yeah. still very much like the same kind of thing. It just looks as if it was drawn more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they've also said that like all of the voice actors are coming back. Obviously, not a few of them like Cyclops. I think the voice actor for that he passed away recently. Um, but like the voice actors are coming back and it's called like X-Men 97. So I assume they're probably just going to follow even more like 90s X-Men, which were fucking terrible in my opinion. <laughs> they were all pretty bad. <laughs> but, it, got, it got right. bad for quite a while there. I can see that. From I mean, like 91 I, when Claremont left until like 2003 when the Morrison era started, it was all pretty much bad. I think my big thing is 
gonna. I think the thing that'll sell me the most will be the animation style. Honestly, if it looks anything like What If, I'm not watching it. I'm sorry, I do not enjoy that animation <laughs> style. At all. No, it's just I not going to give you uh, like Young Justice. I see. I can deal with that, and I think I. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm fine with it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm Maybe. probably gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch it. We'll see. It's just like it. I would have rather gotten something new. It's just, it's just like it'll be wild to be like, damn, we finally get our first like stuff now. We dealt with all this like rights issues and we can't do any of this stuff and now everything has been kind of cleared away. And the first thing we get is Hickman Storm giving us a speech again about the winds and running to the monorail. And well, I don't think it'll be that bad. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it'll, see, and that's, I guess so. I guess for me, it's like, hey, I don't think it's gonna be that bad. But I feel like no isn't matter camp, what, though, isn't that what people liked about it? Like, I don't like campy stuff. So like, but isn't that what people about? So they bring a lot of that back. I mean, I think people like laugh at it now. I honestly don't think people think that highly of the original X Men animated cartoon. I think that everyone kind of acknowledges that it's nostalgic. And that mm. this was just like the X-Men content when we were younger. However, if you go back and watch it, like I said, it's kind of horrible. I think so many people prefer X-Men <laughs> Evolution or Wolverine and the X-Men as their X-Men cartoon. I know I per- like I personally I prefer X-Men Evolution. I will always Me too. give X-Men the animated series like its flowers again. It was the first big X-Men thing. Like it's what introduced so many people to the comic books. You know what I'm saying? There's very few people who I've ever met who have read the X-Men and who won't say like that cartoon didn't influence them or their thinking in some type of way. Obviously, we still get uh, jokes about Jean Grey fainting to this day. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but I feel like, again, we acknowledge that like it was what it was at that time. And they're not going to bring that to him now. I don't know. It looks like they are. <laughs> it looks like that's what they're about to do. <laughs> I think it will be a little bit more. And then I also feel like... Hmm, I also feel like that no matter what we do with the X-Men cartoons or shows or whatever, we're going to get the same thing. Because this is something that we're technically seeing for the first time from Marvel. So like they haven't had their chance to tell these stories or do all these things and these Phoenix sagas and all that. So we're just going to get all of that anyway. I know there have been a lot of people who were saying they wish this cartoon would have been about Krakoa. And I'm of two minds with that. Because on the one hand, I understand. A lot of people say you got to deal with the strife and, like, you got to get all of the other backstory of the mutants before you can get to Krakoa for a cartoon. However, on the other hand, I feel like most people know what the X-Men are about by now. Thank you. I feel like... <laughs> everybody knows that by now. <laughs> I feel like everybody knows they have been the nation that hates and fears themselves. So I feel like seeing that, just, like, popping up with Krakoa, everybody will kind of get, like, oh, okay, like, we know the X-Men story. This is where they are now. So it'll be a perfectly fine segue into it if we started that way. But again, Marvel hasn't had their chance to tell their original stories yet. So fair. I just exactly. I think I'm of that other I'm just of that other camp, I think, because it's not while Marvel hasn't had a chance to tell their version of those stories, it's not like the X-Men are new. Even in live action, they've been doing that shit for twenty years. Like they've been, they've had content and stuff out where people know who the X Men are, where they can easily just start with the Krakoa and just go from there. But the people don't want that. Everybody they got to go back to 1997. It was a hot year. I was there. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> okay. 
I was there. It it was something, but <laughs> it was something. All in all, what do you feel like your biggest takeaways from Disney Plus Day One? Um, that things aren't ready. <laughs> that um, <laughs> that everything has to get pushed back because people just aren't ready yet. Obviously, because there's been such a holdup with just paying people correctly that um, these these companies haven't been able to actually put any content out because they're not paying their employees right correctly and people have been quitting because they're fed up. And I get that. So um, um, nothing's really ready right now. So they got to take more time with stuff. And I feel as though um, I'll be excited for the Fantastic Four when they get announced with stuff because... Their content was trash before, so they're not bogged down by nostalgia for it, so they can get some new stuff. <laughs> so, um, I'm excited for that. But like, I don't know. It was a little bit of a, it was a little underwhelming for me Disney Plus Day this year, only because of it was a lot of title cards for stuff that we already knew was kind of coming. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like I said, I, I had did my little wish with uh, my little wish list for Disney Plus Day before. I tweeted out all I wanted was. Moon Knight first look, She-Hulk first look, an Echo title card to confirm it. I did want something for Cat 4, and I wanted something for Blade. Mm. And three out of five, I'll take that. I mean, you got your Blade thing in Eternals. Yeah. (laughs) I'm eating. I'm eating good. (laughs) So it's like, I'm good. I'm having a good time. Um... But that was Disney Plus Day. You guys let us know what you thought about it. What were some of your favorite things? If you liked any of the new title cards. If you didn't. I know some people didn't like the She-Hulk one. But whatever. It's hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let me know if you're excited for Moon Knight, She-Hulk, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll go ahead to a break. And we'll come back for the relaunches. Let's do it. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to the favorite part of the show, the relaunch section. And um, it's going to be, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You know what? I can go first. And um, let me just go ahead and knock mine out of the way. So my relaunch for this week is a character who y'all have probably heard me talk about a bunch on this show, um, but I feel like it's time to give her like just a little bit more. And that is Moondragon. Now, um, Heather Douglas is a very powerful telepath. She's a human telepath who learned all of her, like, telepathy on, um, I think it was Saturn and, uh, or Titan? I think it was Titan. I think it was Titan. And it was Titan. Um, Sorry, I was thinking of Saturn from Saturn Girl from the Legion of Superheroes. (laughs) 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 Wrong telepath. But Moondragon, um, a very powerful telepath, like, very powerful, um, taking over planets and stuff with her telepathy. And what I would do with her would, is she's mostly always been in space um, with the Guardians of the Galaxy or mm-hmm. kicking it with her girlfriend, uh, uh, Phyla Vell. I would actually bring her back down to Earth, leaving Phyla up in space, maybe with her brother or something. Um, mm-hmm. I would really have Moondragon come back down to space and have her do more stuff with like the Avengers and kind of make her like the Avengers telepath because... They kind of don't, you know, and I feel like most teams should have a telepath, you know. Of what they do. I can see that. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. 
I think Moon Dragon is cool, but I don't really see it for her like that. It's just something about her that just doesn't click with me. I don't really know what it is, but she just doesn't. Mm. But she did teach Hellcat telepathy at one point in time. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, there was um, Hellcat was on the Avengers, and Moon Dragon took her away and taught her some martial arts and how to use some mental powers. She eventually lost the mental powers, but it was like you know we respect it. Thanks for the lesson. Yeah, she can fight. Moon Dragon can also fight. She can fight. It's just some. I don't know. I think it's all. I think it was all. Lesbian. No, maybe. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like it's weird because I really like the Guardians. I mean, you, uh, um, especially like the run of the Guardians that she was a part of. I, maybe that's what it is. I didn't. She's, she's not also always, like you know. She's about it. She's uh you know. But she's not always the nicest person. She's not nice. <laughs> she's she's kind of nice. And I really think that <laughs> she's not always nice. She yeah. is not. Um, but she gets the job done. So shout she out to came her. into the, she came into the Avengers like they were getting ready to vote on. Who was gonna join the team? She just stormed into them and like psychically made everybody start fighting each other. And she was like, "I'm gonna be on the team." She's yeah. She does what she wants. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to bring her down to earth for a little bit. Maybe we she can get humbled or something. But I think she should have some like earthly adventures where she's mm-hmm. like using her telepathy with the team. And I think that would be mm-hmm. a fun dynamic uh, that I don't think a lot of the Avengers characters kind of really ever have. So. Okay. That's my reaction. I'm into it. Let's, let's bring Moondragon right. back down to Earth. I was about to say, I feel like it's been a long time since she's been with the Avengers anyway, so it would be interesting to revisit some of those dynamics and who she's cool with. Yeah. So, go for it. Um, my relaunch, uh, despite there being a lot of Marvel content and things going on this week, uh, I, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I've found myself every week, I open up my Comicsology app to see what comics I have. And when I see a DC book, I get so excited. And action comics. Action comics, Black Man. It's like it has really been like uh, dawning on me how much I'm enjoying DC again right now. And so I have also been catching up on Doom Patrol, which is fantastic. You know, Titans has gotten like really bad this season. Like, really bad. Like, the show was always teetering on, like, that line. You could kind of meet it where it was at. Teetering is reach, babe. It was always... <laughs> it, was, it was teetering. It was teetering on this line, and you could meet it where it was at, but it was still really enjoyable because you had, like, these kind of character moments that were great, and you had, like, some really nice dynamic action. This current season has just, like, gone. It's screwed the pooch on, like, a lot of things. It's done something... You're going to hate what it did to Starfire. Like... Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and like, and that's the thing. And like, it's really disappointing because like the way it treated Starfire was always one of its high points for the series, and just knowing that like, oh, Anna Diop is so like amazing. perfect, amazing. Like she's amazing, <laughs> and this, the way they've done it, and the way they've done her and Blackfire's relationship, and they've just made a lot of choices. Like with Scarecrow, it's gotten really, really bad. Doom Patrol is a show that seemed like it saw all of those choices Titans were making, and it said, "We're gonna go the other yeah, way." Emmy Award winning. The Emmy Award winning, you know, and I'm just like loving it. So my relaunch for the week is actually a character from the Doom Patrol because DC's been hot and so everything for me lately. And okay. it is a character named Crazy Jane. So for those oh. who don't know, um, the Crazy Jane is a part of the Doom Patrol. She is she's the young girl named Kay Chalice, 
and as she was a child, she was abused by her father. And due to this abuse, she started to uh, develop dissociative identity disorder, and she created all these other personalities in her head. Uh, she was also affected by what's known as the gene bomb, and so all of her personalities, called alters, got their own abilities. And then Jane was one of the uh, forms that kind of took over as the main. It's giving Legion. <laughs> I really like those type of characters I've come to realize. But mm. basically for my relaunch, I just want a Crazy Jane to have like her own little mini series. Like okay. Yeah, I think it would be nice to kind of get again because I'm watching Doom Patrol and it's doing so much for this character and like all the different personalities. And like so the most recent episode I just saw was called Dead Patrol. The team was uh dead and they were in these little purgatories and Diane Guerrero, who plays Jane, she had to meet her grandmother. And, like, the grandmother kind of was talking about, like, Kay and all the things that they dealt with and, like, how she wasn't able to protect her from the abuse and, like, really get into the psyche. And it was just, just like, super poignant moment. I think both Diane Guerrero, who plays Crazy Jane, and Jovian Wade, who plays Cyborg on that show, should get Emmys. Like, mm-hmm. acting. Because they are everything. But... I want Jane to have her own little uh, miniseries. We're getting into her concept. We're seeing her kind of going around and dealing with these personalities <laughs> and the greater MU. She'll probably stop a couple bad guys throughout because, you know, what else do they do? But I think getting rid of that, that it's a good point. It's a good chance to get, like, some really dynamic character work. And I love a story with character work. And that's that. Okay. We can always love to get into the minds of those, like, characters with all those different kind of personalities and see how they would clash. Who would you want? You know I'm going to ask. Who is she going to fight? <laughs> is she fighting anybody or is this just like getting into her head sure, and sure, her sure. as a character? She'll fight a couple people. I think for someone like Jane, it would probably be a new type of villain. Someone who mm. plays on like, you know, psyches, mental people, um, dealing in that. Something mystical, I think. A gentleman ghost type of character wouldn't be bad. They like tend to play a lot of my games. The shade mm. also could be really interesting. Oh yeah, I think for her, and she may be coming in contact with like Batman or something because he's always around. I mean, he gonna get the book to sell. <laughs> Honestly, okay. okay, it's like okay. You know, um, I think she's somebody who'd be really that name. I would also kind of like to see her fight um, Harley Quinn. Ooh. Battle of the Minds. Okay. It would be interesting to see Harley try try to psychoanalyze her in the middle of their fights and stuff. She loses. Even though they both are. All right, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you listen to us wherever you catch your podcast at. We are on Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Please rate and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can find us on YouTube if you want to watch us at Another Relaunch TV. Uh, you can find me on most social media platforms as Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me at Keenan Lance, so you know there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. And make sure you check us next week. We're going to be doing a reread of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, the first six issues. And uh, so this will be interesting. I haven't read this in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so this should be a lot of fun. Um, and with the show coming out and everything, I'm going to see just how much money does Marvel owe Matt Fraction. You know, this is actually going to be, this will be my first time like reading that arc to completion. I picked up 
issues here and there when it was coming out, mainly because I know like Mockingbird would appear in one and then he was dating Spider Woman, so she showed up in a few or one. It might have all been the same issue, actually. So that might have been the only one I've read, but <laughs> <laughs> it'll be exciting to see. Okay, so this, I think this won like Eisner's and stuff back in the day when it was, it was coming out, and I obviously they're turning it into a show, like, so. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them. Um, I'm excited. So this will be fun. This will be interesting to have a, a, a reread and talk about this. So join us, y'all. And yeah, we'll catch y'all next week. Okay. Peace.